Hi everyone, my name is Brittany and you are currently listening to the Adaptables podcast. Every two weeks, the team of marketing superheroes here at Adapt Studios will be bringing you tips and tricks to help elevate your small business. If this sounds like something you could find some value in, definitely hit that subscribe button and forward our podcast onto a friend. Thank you so much for listening and we hope we'll be in your feed in two weeks. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Adaptables podcast. Today we'll be talking about humanizing your brand and the benefits thereof. So to get us started, Melissa, would you like to explain what humanizing your brand means? It's very simple, Austin. Humanizing your brand is about giving your brand product or service a lifelike appearance. Yeah. So, you know, it makes it like your follower's best friend and you'll buy stuff from your best friend. So why wouldn't you buy stuff from your brand, which is your best friend now at the end? (laughs) (laughs) Great. So simply put, people don't want to buy from a brand that's not humanized and do want to buy from a brand that is humanized. Well, I don't know know if they necessarily don't want to buy from a brand that is more robot-like. I think that they are more apt to buy from something that is lifelike and quality. I think it uh, also makes a brand more memorable. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can all think of a company that has moments in social media that stood out. And that's what we'll always think of, like Wendy's. Mm -hmm. They don't sponsor us. Um, Moon pie. Yeah. Moon pie. They roast people, but yeah, they're in the forefront of everyone's mind. Yeah, whoever does their marketing is doing a great job. Yeah, they're great. So how how do you, how do you, how does one humanize their brand? Well, you want to create a personality around your brand. You want it to um, be, you know, you can do silly or raw or, you know, intelligent but you want it to appear like your your users are speaking to a human you can come up with a catchphrase you know like nike has just do it but i mean you know it's something more human uh but yeah i think nike is a great great example of i don't know if they do a good job or a bad job of it but from my perspective i don't view <laughs> uh the nike brand as something that's been humanized no. or it's a, it's a corporate idea or, or, or something yeah, like that. So and like another big company that I feel like does do a good job at that is like Google. Like when you think about Google, you kind of, the first thing you think about is their culture yeah. and like their, their buildings because they always put that at the forefront as opposed to like their business types. Yeah. And I feel like it incentivizes people to use that platform because they relate more so to that company's culture than they do because really you don't have anything else to base on what search engine you're going to use. The results are pretty much, yeah. so that's a good example. Yeah, they're like it's an idea. Like, yeah. yeah, they're so huge, it's like an entity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Google embraces other cultures as well, you know, as evident in their Google um, doodles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is another way that they've humanized their, I do too. That's another way that they've humanized Yeah, that's, that's a good point, because I never really thought about that. Uh, another great way is user-generated content. So, like, fashion brands do this a lot where they repost uh, people that wear their items. Uh, when I think of, say, Target, they have, like, a specific Target-style Instagram that reposts people wearing, like, all their outfits and how they style it. And it's generated automatically on their website. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you go look at a shirt, if you scroll down, it'll show all the times people were wearing that shirt, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's really popular with clothing brands, and it just makes them seem more personable so I, I I feel like it's a tougher sell you yeah. know you, I think Target you, does a like great job example, of being personable LinkedIn, everybody loves a good LinkedIn. Target run you know you 
become friends. You become, you know, connected with someone on LinkedIn. And then they, without even saying hi, they bam you in their, your inbox with like, I'm selling lead generation, you know. Um, you ignore them. But then there's the other guy who, you know, says, hey, Melissa, how's your day going? And, you know, you, you carry on a conversation for a few days. And, and then they say, well, you know, I... I talked to her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, and then they'll they'll you know after a few conversations, then they'll say, "Listen, if your company ever needs help with lead generation, please reach out to me." You know. So you're more apt to think of that person that you had the conversation with, and I think that that holds true with you know great products. You don't want to say, "I'm a great product, so buy me." You know. Okay, great. I don't trust you. Why would I buy you? You know. It's a great point. So. Brittany, what's your favorite band? Um, I don't have one. I'm the wrong person asked Duran, that Duran. question too. Oh, great. Duran, not You're Depeche always mode. ready. <laughs> you like them better than Depeche Mode? I think they're pretty even, but I've had um, long-time crushes on the members of Duran Duran much longer than I have on Depeche Mode. So if mode. they were to message you on LinkedIn, I'd jump definitely. on them. <laughs> oh, I could say Paramore. <laughs> not message them back. I'd be right there. <laughs> they're my, they're my uh, hall pass. So, oh. Okay. They're my hall pass. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so where are you going with this question? All of them are your hall pass? No, John Taylor in particular. The bass player. Everyone's on the same page. Oh, wow. Not even the lead singer. No, lead singers are overrated. The lead singer's hot, though, Simon, but John Taylor. Would you also get a hall pass for the lead singer, too? Yeah. And Lenny Kravitz. I'd get a hall pass for Lenny Kravitz. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, man. Oh, I know. That whole family. Oh, I know. Beautiful. Oh, I know. Yeah. They're beautiful. I don't think I've seen them. His daughter's you probably have. Gorgeous. They're actresses. Yeah. So. Probably. Lisa Bonet, who's married to Jason Samoa now. Oh, man. Oh, we could start doing celebrity gossip now. Yeah. They also are a very cute couple. Mm-hmm. And it's wild, their age difference. He was like, I, when I was a kid, I used to have a crush on her and had her poster up in my room. And now he's married to her. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That goes back to like John Taylor and Simon LeBond. I had their posters up in my room when I was a kid, and I still think I should be married to John Taylor. Sorry, Eric. And that's humanizing your brain. That's humanizing um. your brain. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it's good. They're getting to see your personality and how hall passy you are and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've learned two things already. Brittany doesn't like music. I like at music. All. She hates all music, except for Lenny. And Kravitz. Melissa has a lot of longtime crushes that she has hall passes in. Still has posters <laughs> in her room. As a, so that's what I get for asking Melissa her favorite band. Yeah. <laughs> but now that we know, and it's Duran Duran. If a random person came up to you and say you were in a restaurant and had four tickets to Duran Duran and he wanted to give you two of them and him and his wife were going, would you go? Never met this guy before and he just comes walking. I mean, it you. depends on where the seat is. <laughs> I think I feel is. like okay. no, that makes sense. I feel valid. like it would be part of me would be like, yes, for sure. And part of me would be like, what's the catch? Right. So. Likewise, if that person was to, like you said on LinkedIn, sit with you and your husband maybe for next to you guys at the bar and we're talking to you guys for 15, 20 minutes and then it organically came up that you both love Duran Duran and he happened to have two extra tickets and invited you at that point, hey, I have two extra tickets to this concert. Would you and your husband like to come with Mm -hmm. me? 
I'd be like, oh my God, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Because he humanized himself. He humanized his brand. You got to know him as a person. You yep. trusted him. Whereas before, you thought there was a catch. You didn't know where the seats were. Right. Now, you didn't know why or why he had two extra tickets. And that those are the barriers that, likewise, a business can set up without being human. Mm hmm that keeps people from using their services or buying their product. Right. It's all in your language and how you present yourself. And not coming off too salesy. And not coming off sexy. You're right. right. So we have a couple bullet points here on how to effectively humanize your brand. The first one is show personality. Yeah, so you that we already talked about this. Yeah, I think we, yeah, we did. I, not only do we think we talked about this, I think we've demonstrated this tenfold. So <laughs> yeah. we can move on. Write like you speak. Absolutely. You don't want to come across like um, AI content. You right. know? You 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 are your brand. So you when you're writing your social posts or your blog posts or even just the content on your website, you have a certain way you speak. It can ref you can reflect that in your writing on your across all your platforms. It gives it a more human feel. Like you know, a user will know that a human behind the brand wrote it, wrote it and is representing the brand. So it, it all of a sudden, like your language makes your product human. Exactly, and I and for me, I don't really like reading. So when someone writes like how they speak, it's a lot easier for me to read it. Like I'm having a conversation in my head as yeah. opposed to just a written word. Oh, and yeah. you're like right there, the conversation. Conversational tone automatically means human. So when you have that conversational tone. Unless, I mean, bringing it back to Google, they're working on that. You yeah. Know? Those like AI generated emails. That's a little concerning. It's yeah. a little creepy. <laughs> anyway. So the next point is showing off our team. So do we have anywhere where people can see some of our team members? I think we do. LinkedIn. And I think Brittany's on her Instagram. I am on the Instagram. Just those bubbles. Brittany and her bubbles. Yeah. Brittany loves bubbles. <laughs> her, entire, her entire desk is full of different bubbles. That's my brand, really. Your brand is bubbles and hate of music. Yeah, I hate bubbles. music. Love bubbles, love bubbles, hatred of music. So would you consider the popping of bubbles to be your music? <laughs> uh, that's more balloons. I don't think bubbles make noise, and I do not like pop. They make a little... Yeah, when I do dishes, I always have a good time. <laughs> Share user-generated content. What is user-generated content? It's when the community that is part of your brand, that follows your brand, um, shares their images or stories or whatever uh, around your content, around your product does it have to be relatable relatable to your business to share it so say someone in our audience posts a picture of their dog now should we not say anything or comment about that because it has nothing to do with their no niche? you say something like what a cute dog because then you show your human side uh, that you are attracted to animals you know like there it, it just adds an, a deeper element to your brand like when you're writing a story for example if you are a fiction writer of any kind definitely it's me you want to really delve into your character right like you want to know what kind of animals they like are they allergic to them what kind of food they like um what their astrological sign is like just you know to make it really layered so your character does not appear flat on the page mm -hmm. the same holds true for your brand mm -hmm. you know for your brand for your product you you treat it like it's a fictional character 
give it all these characteristics and traits and likes and dislikes and all that kind of stuff. And it, the more you interact with people, the deeper, more meaningful relationships you can have. And that's what you want. Yeah. Because the better the relationship you have with your users, the more they're going to talk about you all over the internet. And then, you know, lead generation. Yeah. That's a good point. So our next bullet point is tell real stories. The internet is savvier than ever. And people can sniff out the real from the make-believe. Be real. It smells better. So even just then, you could tell that I was reading. I'm not reading any longer. You still kind of have the, the same cadence. I know, but you can tell. Yeah. So that, that was a fake story. That's why you need to tell real stories. <laughs> that makes no sense. I know. I know. I, I read it, and then it just kept going. Thought it was. <clears throat> so I, it was over. I feel like when like what it means to tell real stories is to t- like share experiences of your brand. Like you can, you know, like the where the where not where's Waldo the Flat Stanley thing. Did you guys ever have to no, do that when you were no a kid? So oh. how old is this book? It's I don't know. My kids did it in elementary school, so fifteen. Oh, not too old then. So Flat Stanley is this flat character that goes all over the world, and it's documented i guess i don't really under i don't they put him in envelopes yeah so i'm the fact checker this episode i guess are they flat shaming him flat they are flat shaming him and i totally lost my thought when i was comparing him to flat stanley people ask what is the point of flat stanley the project features paper cut paper cutouts based on the title character of the 1964 children's book flat stanley designed to facilitate the improvement of the reading and writing skills of elementary school students while also promoting an interest in learning about different people and places. So, okay, the back to flat. Then I remember. The, so, Flat Stanley. So, Flat Stanley, like, you cut him out and you sent him to your aunt in Boston. And then your aunt in Boston sends him to your cousin out in California. So each time the flat Stanley goes to a different place, you get a postcard with a story of what he did while he was at that place. It gives your brand, Flat Stanley, dimension, you know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So what I get from this, to tell real stories as a business, you're again just building a portfolio of characteristics and a culture behind your business that someone can ideally relate to. So you want to be relatable. You don't want to tell fake stories. You want to tell real stories about your not necessarily only good things, but even about the shortcomings Absolutely. that you faced as a business. Or right. and you can do that through interviews with your employees. You can yeah. do that with you know through online talking and you know engaging with your clients. You know, just those those stories that you know f- uh, from both the brand and the user create a more you know human. Right. And then in the business world, gaslighting is like a huge problem. Yeah. Like businesses always like to appear bigger than they are, more prominent than they are, more successful than they are. And a lot of people can tell. Oh, yeah. It's not. But it's it's easy for users to be able to see that they're not telling the truth. And it comes as disingenuous. And just because that even if there's like a slight disparity belief or a doubt about a business credibility or anything like that then it's enough to just to throw it all away right so it's more important just to be honest and tell those real stories absolutely the good the bad the ugly everything Mm -hmm. you know and and another issue that i i notice and this is historically since social media has really been prevalent brands 
feel like they need to hide the bad comments. Yeah. And the the disingenuous, you know, that it, it, no one is perfect. No one, nothing, not a brand, nothing. And it's okay to show that you are human, that you err, you know, and by taking your negative comments down instead of addressing them for everyone else to see, you're just causing yourself problems. Right. You know, definitely you want to take that offline, but, you know, we'll talk about that during social media, but you, you want to take it into, lead it into the email, into an email or into the, the Facebook comments or wherever it is, not comments, private messages, yeah. but address it for everyone to see in a real human way, not like a canned, like copy paste response. Right. Yeah. And also, like, the internet, it lasts forever. Yeah. And people screenshot. So there's no point in trying to hide things. Uh, and people do. Yeah. I mean, people like 2007 tweets or whatever come. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything gets researched. Internet's forever. Yeah. So that leads us perfectly into our next point, which is be engaged. So why is it important to engage with your audience? So, you know, your audience wants to have a conversation with you. They don't want to talk to a wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I mean, so well, I talk to cool walls thing about the walls is they don't talk back. That's true. But in this instance, you, you, your, your customer or, or your client or whatever wants to, you know, they're asking you a question, respond to it. They have a comment, respond to it. Exactly. If they took time out of their day to engage with you, you should do the same. Yeah. And it, and it brings your um, content up higher also. Like the more you engage with a post, the more it's going to show up in the algorithm. It's all... It's all tied together, yeah. and you can show your personality even just commenting on things. Um, it doesn't have to be canned responses. That's no. that's super important. Yeah, no, it should be it should be organic. Change them up. Yeah, organic content. The same way, if you're having a conversation, you don't have a you don't walk around with a cheat sheet of responses. Mm-hmm. You know, you you need to respond to things. Definitely think about it before you respond. You don't want to like come across as being a complete jerk, but. Which brings us to our last bullet point, influencer partnerships. Yes, sir. What on earth does an influencer partnership mean and how does that humanize your brand? Well, you have a trusted personality, you know, like Shane Dawson. (laughs) (laughs) He is going through it. (laughs) Influencers, you know, presumably have huge followings that are related, relevant to your brand. So, you know, if if someone's talking really nicely about somebody, you suddenly want to meet that person, right? If someone that you're really fond of is talking about their friend Bill, and and you they're going on and on about Bill, you want to meet Bill because sounds like a great guy. Same thing with brand uh, partnerships right. or influencer partnerships. You this great person is talking about your brand. All their followers are going to want to meet your brand. Yeah, that's a good point. I, th- I think of it as like a jump start, right? So these influencers have spent a ton of time doing exactly what we've been talking about, humanizing themselves, finding a bunch of people that believe them and relate to them. And if you can get in with an influencer at that point, once they've already established all of that, then you're hitting the ground oh, absolutely. running. They, they are now telling their entire followers who already believe them that whatever it is you're doing or whatever product you're selling is good. Yeah. The right yeah. influencer can make or break your entire you. campaign. Or your company. Or your company. I've seen. Oh, yeah. We should find an influencer. I'll be your influencer. Next section. (laughs) You have to be. You work here. (laughs) Oh, that's true. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, so this leads us to our last section, and that's social media. And doing all of these things that we talked about on on, on social media, day-to-day interactions on different platforms. So how does someone use social media to humanize their brand? Every single way we've talked about. Yeah. From Good. engaging with your audience, from the user-generated content, it all ties back to social media. You can post it all. Like, obviously, you can do these things on your website, and that's great. But if you have social media platforms set up for your company, it's super easy to engage with your um, your audience, your clients, your customers, future customers by showing your personality on social media. Yeah, yeah, and and when you're launching a product or a you know something within your brand, definitely have a plan in place how you want your voice to be, how you want your tone, um, keywords like catchphrases. Have all this stuff ready to go so that all the community man- community managers taking care of the account are on the same page because you want to consistency is really important because you the user is going to get used to your brand having a certain personality and if it suddenly shifts a little mm-hmm. bit they're going to notice and they're going to be like okay who is this so social media is really cool in a sense for businesses because it's the only place where a consumer can be on a level playing field as a big business. And yep. it's a wonderful opportunity for businesses to relate to individuals because you're on the same platform as them doing the exact same thing. So we kind of talk a little bit here at the end about emojis and how at first when they first came out, all corporate America was super hard against emojis. Cringy. Yeah. They were cringy yeah. back then. And now if you're posting on social media and you don't use emojis, or all the hashtags and the picture editing and the stories with the time and location and all that stuff like that, you're going to come across as disingenuous or, or not a real person because that's what everybody else is doing. Right. As old, old, the people aren't even going to think it's like a new exactly. account anymore. Gonna- so you got to use all these tips and trends and things like that to make it seem like your brand is real, like it's a tangible human that's behind it so that people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And another thing uh, with brands on social media is take a side and don't sway. You know, brands, loyal, loyalty, brand loyalty is so much more than just liking a product. You know, what do you mean by take a, a so stand? So take a stand. Like um, if today you are supporting Black Lives Matter, but tomorrow, and it doesn't even have to be as deep as this, but tomorrow you're like, you know what, we're all lives matter. Your fans are gonna get pissed because they believe Black Lives Matter and they're gonna be like, no way, I'm done with you because I've seen it. You know, We've all seen brands destroy themselves by like all of a sudden shifting gears. Right, yeah, or something even lighter is like, we believe in sustainable products but then you make your sustainable item and wrapped in plastic that's right. not recyclable. Right, or they believe in American-made products, but like parts of the products are from China. Right. Yeah. And you gotta be careful about it too because you can't solidify your brand personality right off the bat. It's something mm-hmm. that you grow into. It's something that you'll, you'll learn as you go. So, so from right. the beginning, you might agree with something or practice something or have a tone that you think is right, but a year down the road, that might change and that's okay if it's true to who the business is. Right. As long as you're not putting up a facade, it's okay that your your brand changes how it seems. Well, humans change, you exactly. know. So when when your brand is a human 
None of us form hundred percent of the stuff we did five, ten years ago. No, right. So likewise, a company is going to change too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna grow and evolve, and and so will your brand. So humanizing your brand is very important. Indeed. It's probably one of the most important things you can do. Yes. So if you have any questions about humanizing your brand, feel free to drop us a comment in the in the in the chat down down south, or send us an email, and we'd be happy to answer those questions for you. Do podcasts have chats? Uh, I don't know. We'll have like a comment section, I think. Maybe. Maybe. If, if not, not <laughs> give if us a call. Not, find <laughs> us on all social as Adapt Studios. Yeah, just call it Brittany. Co. She'll figure it out. Yeah. You can follow my personal account. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll be back uh, every other week on Fridays. So feel free to give us a listen. Subscribe. Leave us a great review. Or don't. Be our best friends. Don't leave us negative reviews because we'll delete them. We'll cry. Austin will cry. Okay, signing off. I always always (laughs) cry, though.